Welcome to On and Off the Pitch. How good is Kevin De Bruyne? Hmm? Majestic, wizard, graceful, drive, energy, all of those things he has in abundance. Quality in either foot to deliver the killer pass, score a great goal. Everything that you need in a midfield player, everything that you need in the midfield. The Premier League is hotting up. Manchester City uh, put the accelerators on in second gear, destroying Manchester United, who are in disarray and have been for quite some time. And Liverpool hopped on their heels uh, with a 1-0 win to get a little bit closer and make the, the run-in a little bit more exciting because that's what we want. But in terms of uh, the Premier League and where we stand right now, it's Manchester City's to lose. It's uh, Liverpool's to try and grab hold of and everything else behind them. Chelsea obviously doing really, really well uh, in themselves, unfortunate about their, uh, their cup final defeat. But it is an interesting and exciting time for the Premier League. What What's really grabbed my attention, what's, what's kind of made me kind of sit up a little bit is, is the way that Chelsea play football. And they have a very kind of formulaic way of playing. But when they have Reese James, and I really do like Reese James, when they have Reese James playing, there's an additional dynamism to their play. There's an additional drive to their game. And he's not just a right back. He's not just a right back. He's he's an engine of a right back. He's got good quality. He, he reads the game well. Very confident young man. Very confident, very capable. And I don't even believe playing right back is his his best position. I mean, it's the position he's playing at right now. I don't see him there. I see him as a midfield player. I see him as someone who could actually be in the heart of the midfield. Um, but uh, from where he is for Chelsea, he does deliver a great crosses and he's a goal threat, and which is what you need. And I, I look at the other teams, you know, above or close to um, Chelsea, and I think of the right backs like Liverpool has Trent, who I question as a defender, absolutely fantastic footballer, delivery, perfect. On the ball, he's graceful going for it. He's got very, very good brain in in terms of attack. Defensive capabilities, there are some shortcomings. Positional awareness, not great. Uh, Reese James has that in abundance. He's able to, you know, so from, from, from a Liverpool point of view. And then you have Manchester City with Carl Walker, who, you know, obviously getting a little bit older, just as quick as he was before, probably not doing so many runs going forward as he'd done previously, changed and adjusted his game. But it is interesting to see how Reese James, his his kind of return to the team, has given Chelsea a little bit more of an impetus in terms of their game going forward. And the conversation which was hanging around whether or not Lukaku wasn't moving enough, whether he had enough touches enough, whether he was the right fit. And I've said previously, and I'll say again, should never have returned, should never have come back to Chelsea or gone back to Chelsea. Um, and I believe sometimes in the Premier League, you could have too many bites at the cherry or the apple and it, and it just becomes slightly sour. And, and that's happening for him. But Rhys James, brilliant. Absolutely think he's fantastic. It's going to be interesting when Gareth picks his team for England to see whether or not Rhys James gets in ahead of um, Trent. I mean, Trent is great. Trent is absolutely fantastic. But I think if any team is playing against Liverpool, any team that actually wants to challenge Liverpool and put them on the back foot, that's the position of the team 
that you go down because he's always floundering. And when you have a Virgil van Dijk who's actually been, you know, curt with his language to Trent to say he's out of position, then you know that the defence of Liverpool is slightly wavering. So um, Trent, as I've said, great. Uh, but for me, Reese James, superb. He's a standout player this weekend. I really, really do like Reese James. But then again, I like a lot of players. So standout players, Reese James for Chelsea. Standout player for Manchester City, um, Kevin De Bruyne. He's just, he just just a graceful footballer who has an, an abundance of tricks which are so simple. It's not necessarily ones to do the stepovers and the rabonas and all of those other tricks that we kind of go gaga over. You know, we're not singing songs necessarily about him. He's just very effective. And that's probably the, the, the most appropriate and um, apt word to use for him. An effective midfielder who doesn't waste passes. You know, his passes are designed to hurt the opposition. They're not passing for passing's sake. Sometimes footballers do, and I'm sure he does. But when he's on the move, when he's going forward, they're devastating. So, yeah, standout players for me, Kevin De Bruyne and Rhys James. Oh, this is quite a mixed bag, really. Real, real mixed bag. Anyway, more after this. They were defending for their lives. They were putting bodies on the, on the line. Aha! Cup victory! The Conti Cup final, which I didn't get to go to or did I see all of but I'll talk about it uh, was a fantastic game the clips that I saw come on there's so much to do um, but I must say I didn't see this I didn't see this result coming at all I actually believed it would be Chelsea's game I believed that uh, Emma Hayes would once again have her hands on silver where her team would parade around you know, that part of London where it's all well-heeled and show off their silverware, uh, as they do. But no, it turns out that the Sky Blue team, Manchester City, would go on and be victorious. But not only be victorious, but be supreme in terms of their performance. Now, even though Chelsea scored first, um, and that can actually have an effect on the opposition because it's almost like self-fulfilling prophecy that we're going to lose and therefore we don't try as hard. No, that didn't happen. Uh, Manchester City's resolve really kicked in and they're seasoned players, they're, they're international players. Lucy Bronze bringing the fight, bringing the ball out with, with care and precision and uh, being a real pain in the what's-it to Chelsea was probably quite key in the game. And then you saw Hemp turn on the burners and start to play the game that we have seen Hemp play throughout the season, going at the defence, causing mayhem, driving towards the goal and unleashing shots which were going to cause some problems and which did cause a problem. Uh, the keeper parries... And Manchester City are back in the game. And from that point, Manchester City grew in confidence. The goals, I don't know about you, but someone really good at scoring goals. Uh, the goals uh, for Manchester City were all great goals, uh, the ones that count, but also the ones that, you know, you just think, oh my God, and it goes in, you just think, wow, oh, so good. 
I'll say that again. So good. I can do both. Um, but, it, you know, it, for a manager who at the beginning of the season where everyone was questioning whether he should stay, whether he'd survive, whether he, he knew how to bring this talented bunch of players together and get the best out of them, this is the best answer you can have winning a trophy. And people talk about, oh, it's all about the league. No, it's about winning trophies. It doesn't matter what the trophy is. You win a trophy. People play to win trophies. They can have their medal. They show off and they can talk about it. It's a great day for the fans. It's a great day for the players. It's a great day for all of the staff who have helped get to that position. So let's not belittle the competition, even though most of us never really watched it because it was on the FA player and no one could find it. I jest. It's still a great competition to win and all power to Manchester City. Good for them. It's probably the impetus they need at this part of the season where they're still trying to get uh, European spots. And with a win like that behind them, their confidence will be up. They will have, as they say, the necessary drive to go on and actually put in great performances in the league. But in terms of the, the competition itself, it was great for Manchester City because, as I said, the manager was in trouble at the beginning of the season. Everyone seemed to be talking about whether or not he knew uh, his best team or whether he would actually survive. People were talking about him in those terms, whether or not he would survive up at probably even at Christmas. So this is a great result. It's an, it was unexpected, I must, believe, I must say. And I'm sure many, many individuals or neutrals would have watched that game or gone into watching that game and predicted that Chelsea would win. They didn't. They didn't have their best game. They didn't have their A game. They had, obviously, players on the sideline. Both teams didn't start with what I would call their full strength, but they have such wealth, such depth in the players that they have across both squads. Uh, it was a really good highlight game to watch, indeed. So all hats off to Manchester City. It's, their, it's, their, it's been their week. It's, it's, it's like troubling. Um, and for those uh, other games that they have coming up in the, in the WSL, it will be all interesting now to see whether or not they get to where they need to get to in terms of their European hopes and how that, how that pans out. But kudos to them, kudos to Taylor and the players. Nice to see a, a little bit of silverware uh, and um, there's still plenty of football to play. And uh, Emma... Hi, hope you're well. Don't be too giddy now. More after this short intermission. And you, mommy. The WSL League uh, more or less is over for me. I know that there are games to go and some will say you speak too soon, but I don't care. Uh, Arsenal have a very healthy lead over Chelsea. They do. And Chelsea will no doubt feel a little bit sore following their Conti Cup defeat, but they are in second place. And following the results of the weekend, the league positions have changed considerably for some teams and for others, they have slipped down. So in terms of positions, Arsenal at the top with 37 points, Chelsea are behind with 29 points. It's big, it's huge. Uh, Manchester United sit third on 20-plus points, and so do Tottenham with 20-plus. And there are quite a few 20-plus points individuals, but they're all really close. They're close and not far behind them with another 20-plus points is Manchester City. And so are Reading, and so are Brighton, but not West Ham. They just have 
they just have 20 points. But it's all interesting. And in terms of the results at the weekend, they go like this. Uh, Aston Villa nil, Brighton won. Didn't see that coming, Aston Villa. But you have the manager to sort things out. But you are in a bit of a slump. Uh, Manchester United doing what Manchester United do with Leicester. Wallop, bash, bing, bong. Uh, Manchester United four, Leicester zero. Uh, Arsenal, very interesting game. Uh, win by four goals to two against Birmingham. And Birmingham, who are at the bottom of the league. Is it time to say goodbye, Birmingham? Bye-bye. Ooh. Bye bye. How dare you? Bye bye, Birmingham. Um, the, the, the championship's not bad. It's okay. It's not. It's not bad. Uh, Reading uh, hold out for a point, zero zero with Tottenham. Who will feel that they probably should have won this game, considering their form? But all points are fair and evenly distributed in that game, so nothing. It's going to be interesting, and obviously because Chelsea. Um, Chelsea weren't uh, available to play at the weekend. Um, they um, play on Thursday, I believe. Uh, they play West Ham. West Ham. We'll see what happens there in one of their games in hand. So it's all interesting. But in terms of at the bottom, uh, I would say that it's, it's, it's goodbye, Birmingham. It's goodbye. And, you know, they've tried and they were, they showed lots of spirit in the game against Arsenal. But it might just be that they bow out of the WSL and head towards, not down, towards the FAWC. Big games down there. Get ready for it. Big games. Big games. Uh, we'll go over and talk uh, about the championship in a, in a moment, uh, just after this. And a question I have, who's the best striker in the championship right now? Who's the, who is the best striker? Food for four. Who is it? Ch -ch -ch changes so many changes it's unreal uh shirt change happens uh well what can i say the championship it's a really interesting league have i told you that before i think i might have told you before um i tweeted i just you know who is the best striker in the championship that was the, that was the question I was cheeky. I only had a few names in the list. I had Harrison, had Kernan, had Sweetman Kirk, had Wilkinson. Uh, and then someone came back to me and said, hey, what about Millie Farrell? I went, ooh, Millie Farrell. So Millie Farrell has been added to the list. Who, who has been or who is the best striker in the championship? Now, it's always good to go to a game. Not everyone can get to a game. Not everyone can be there. It doesn't mean that you're a better fan if you only watch football on TV. I spent years watching football on television just for the simple economics of it and, you know, what it was. Um, but because I've been able to go to games, you get to see things in a very different light and you can watch games without having the filter of a former player telling you how to think because primarily football is what you see and how you then conceive it in your mind. And I've been very impressed with the strikers that I've I've mentioned in, in the tweet and added as well. Um, when you see them uh, in the flesh playing against defenders, 
um, in difficult conditions on not great pitches, not great services, and you see what they do and how they knit things together for their team, how they are uh, influential, uh, how they are central to the, the success of any particular team. Some of the, the names that I've mentioned, um, in particular with Kernan, who, who's playing for Liverpool, pivotal in terms of where they are in the league. You know, uh, I'd say again, Bristol, who started off not bad in a bad way in terms of, I'd say, you know, uncertain start. Um, but Harrison, Obviously, for me, I think when I saw her play, I thought she was phenomenal, you know, and link up play, hold up play, um, taking some big hits from some some tough defenders, standing up to it, not necessarily looking for the referee for protection, um, just getting on with the game. And sometimes, you know, the referee will see it as a contact sport and not necessarily always blow. Uh, but I would say that the names that I've mentioned, like Harrison and Cairn and Sweden Kirk and Wilkinson, they do just that. And Millie Farrow, they just get on with it. They take the hits. They do their best to score goals. They score goals and they're, they're ever-present, always full of energy and they give everything for their team. But but who's to say who is the best? Now, you know, for the two that I mentioned, like Kernan and Harrison, they're currently, you know, Liverpool at the top, Bristol second. But I've, I've mentioned this before in a previous pod chat that, you know, what would it be like if the, the championship had its best 11 against the WSL's best 11? And and another WSL has a host of players from other countries that everyone talks about because they want it to be like the Premier League of women's football. But there are great footballing talent within these home counties, countries, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, they're, they're there. They're there. And um, it's pleasing to see uh, from a neutral, because I'm a neutral when it comes to some of the players that have been mentioned, you know, how good they are and what they, they add to um, their team. But but who would be picked? Out, in, 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 in fairness, imagine um, there was a best 11 for the championship and they played in a formation of 4-3-3. Who would be the front three? Who would make it? Now, someone from that list might not. There may be someone else added to the list. Someone might say you need a, a Bianca Baptiste in there if you're playing a 4-3-3. You know, or you might need a Mel Johnson in there. You might, you know, someone would probably say Real Hardy in there. You know, you, you just don't know. Then, then, then there are names. There are players there. And apologies if I haven't uh, mentioned any other strikers, um, you know, for Blackburn, Coventry, etc., etc. Just go on, you know, someone's going to say to me, you haven't mentioned someone, so forgive me, please. But it is really, really interesting to see them play live. Um, I like it. I love it. Um, I was really impressed with Harrison when uh, Bristol visited London City Lionesses. Um, really impressed with Millie Fry when I've seen her play uh, for uh, Crystal Palace. And, and the reason I say striker, I'm talking about someone who's central, not someone who plays out in the wing and we can call them a winger, stroke, forward player. I mean, an actual out-and-out centre-forward who's going to be at the, the, the pinnacle of the attack. Um, who's the best? Who is the actual best? And not just based on goals. I've, got, I've really got to put Harrison up there. I, I do. Really do have to put Harrison right at the top 
this season. Next season, it could be something else. But right here, right now, she is she's leading the pack for me. And I know that Liverpool fans will be like, hey, what about Stengal? I'm talking about this season overall. And I don't know when Stengal arrived. I'm not sure if it was at the beginning. I'd Forgive me. Maybe it was in January or just before January. Forgive me. You know, I don't have that information to hand, but I'm talking about what I have seen for myself, not just on the FA player. But I am prepared to be told you're wrong. If you can give me a good <laughs> a good alternative. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go on and talk about the, the results uh, for the championship as they were in the last round of games. Every time, I keep getting notifications on my my tablet. God, a, a meeting that I need to go to at some point. Um, yeah, I know. Watford, Watford, um, I, I, Watford fans, you must be so grateful for 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 Coventry in this league. Seriously, um, but that'll change next season. So, anyway, uh, Watford nil, Sheffield United four. Big win away for Sheffield United. Their mojo is back on. Uh, Blackburn won Durham two, uh, a good win for Durham, who had um, a bit of a blip. It seemed to have a bit of a blip this time. I've seen them when they've been really close to the top and they've just kind of tailed away a little bit. Hmm, not sure why. Uh, Lewis, oh, zero. Bristol City, bang, bish, bosh, three. Ooh. Uh, London City Lionesses uh, at home to Liverpool. I wasn't sure how this game was going to go, but they get a 1-1 draw. Really good. Really good for them. Um, this league could have been so close. How different it would have been if they'd have won the game against Bristol, but it is what it is. They didn't. Bristol, um, as I mentioned previously, uh, if you have a, a, a central point of focus as with Harrison in your games, then you're going to score goals. And obviously there's the link-up play. The link-up play. Um, and what a weekend for me not to go and watch a game live. Seriously. Uh, but I did have did have work to do. Uh, Sunderland 2, go on the lasses. Charlton away from home, nil. And this is the one that I didn't expect. I did not expect this. Crystal Palace nil, Coventry 1. I mean, I, I, mean, I would have probably gone to... I mean, if I was able to go to game, it would have been between Crystal Palace and London City Lionesses, you know, and um, I'm not sure if I'm going to actually get to see Coventry play live this season. I'll do my best, but um, how I chose not to go to this game and they win, and they win away from home. Um, Katie Wilkinson uh, on the spot, um, and, and uh, when Katie Wilkinson was playing was Sheffield actually the last time um, I saw her play was when she was in Sheffield before she joined um, Coventry uh, she was phenomenal you know and uh, she was I think lead, lead leading scorer in the league you know uh, so yeah great great result great result for for Coventry they now have zero points um, Watford better kind of work out what's going on there. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but the goal difference is, is huge. They've conceded so many. Um, they have... Oh, 
You know, it's it's. So, I mean, just looking at the bottom of the league, it's, it's so bizarre. So it, honestly bizarre to see a team like Coventry down there. I just really can't get my head around it. I can't. I mean, apart from the points and deduction and all of that other stuff, but just yeah. Um, you know, Watford just above them with seven points, then Blackburn and Sunderland and Lewis with 22 points, Sheffield United with 23 points, Crystal Palace in six plates with 27 points. And then we get up to 28 to Durham and in third place, uh, London City Lionesses with 29 points. Now, this is the interesting thing. I thought, you know, Liverpool, yeah, this is their league. The procession is on. Bristol now in second place with 32 points, played the same number of games. Um, there's still a few more games to go. And Liverpool drew with London City Lionesses. Like I said, I didn't see that kind of scoreline along with the Crystal Palace defeat, but I just didn't see it coming at all. They have 39 points. So the gap is not that big as it was a week ago. So it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Who's to say that Liverpool don't kind of start to carry around a big bag of nerves and make it difficult for themselves going forward for the remaining games. It's going to be interesting if you can get to a game in the championship, particularly with any of the games relating to the top four or five. Um, I'm not to kind of pour cold water on the rest of the league, but it's it's about who's going to get promoted. Unfortunately, it's only one spot. You know, I've, I've banged on about that enough. I'm not going to do it now, but, you know. Uh, but it will be an interesting kind of kind of ending of the the, the league itself. Uh, uh, who will replace the winners um, from the WSL? I've already stated it's going to be Birmingham, but that could change. That could change. But um, top marks to Bristol City um, for kind of getting themselves in and around where Liverpool are in terms of points and distance not being that far away playing good football with possibly, and this is the thing, probably one of the, 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 the I'd say it's difficult to say, I'm going to say it, one of the best strikers in the league. I'm putting a Harrison right up there. That's, mm, that might come back to, to bite me. Uh, not physically or literally in that sense, but you know, um, but yeah, uh, the people are going to, don't want like that. Uh, but yeah, you know, anyway. Uh, so yeah, so that's so that's it. So it's going to be interesting. Next round of games going to be so so interesting going forward in terms of the championship. Um, some really interesting games. Uh, Sheffield United playing London City uh, Lionesses. That's going to be interesting to see what happens in terms of the last score of the game they played. It didn't go to, didn't go very well for Sheffield United. Um, Sunderland away to Blackburn. It's going to be interesting there. They're, they're kind of their energy levels are up after their win. Uh, Bristol. You know, host Watford, I, I don't see anything other than Bristol just continuing in their vein of form and getting goals and scoring probably more than two. Charlton back at home um, hosting Liverpool. How will Liverpool react after dropping points at London City Lionesses? Will they still carry a little bit of baggage with that? Who knows? It's going to be, it's going to be absolutely exciting. Anyway, uh, enough of that for now and a little bit more of me after this. Football is a really, I'm going to say the word strange. I use strange a lot, but it isn't strange. It's, it's like a, 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 the world's biggest snow globe where you shake every 
days to see what kind of floats around and then settles back down at the bottom again. Uh, there's been an ongoing flurry of activity uh, to certain club, uh, Manchester United, which is amazing considering the amount of money they've spent uh, in the past couple of years, generally over the past decade or so. Uh, and, and the rumours that continually come out when things don't go well. I mean, like most football teams, you know, there is an expectation to, to win, but it isn't guaranteed. You know, you do your best. You, you, you plan, you train, you go out and apply your trade, you put all of those things into practice. And then sometimes you just meet a team that's better than you, they're fitter than you, they're faster than you, they're much more technical, gifted than you. They're, they just have the bag of swag. But Manchester United are really strange. And the whole thing with Ronaldo, you know, is he fit, wasn't he fit, didn't play, biggest game of the season, derby, all of that talk. It was quite funny watching the post-match comments and commentary between uh, on on Sky or what I saw of it. Uh, Roy Keane and Michael Richards. He was in absolute laughter at Roy Keane's deadpan um, assessment of the game in terms of what happened and the players putting their all in or not, as he quite clearly put forward. But Manchester United is is, is like a you know, the drama that comes from out of that club, it's like a, a daytime soap. It's like Hollyoaks and EastEnders. And for those who aren't familiar with UK daytime drama, it's they tend to have dramatic endings with climactic, boom, 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 you know, along those lines. Anyway, uh, Manchester United. Yeah, they're just always some kind of drama. And whether or not the, the rumours that are flying around about Ronaldo being injured, not injured, not wanting to play, not being picked, etc., and him being not part of the squad and travelling here, there and everywhere, it just goes to show that you, you can have a lot of money but no class. And it, it's a difficult thing to say. You know, I like Manchester United. I grew up kind of following them as a kid, but I'm an adult now and I can push them away not be so emotionally attached as some are. But the reality is this, there are too many egos. And if that kind of storyline, if that kind of play script was to kind of play out in women's football, they'd say, oh, look at the women's game. Look at this, it's terrible. But in the men's game, it's like, oh, you know, it's all happening behind closed doors and we're not allowed to say anything because it's all, you know, part of the culture. The reality is this, in any workplace, you're going to find people that don't get along. They don't get along in schools, even though they're meant to be colleagues. They don't get along in politics. You've only got to look at the current state of affairs across the world. And they don't get along in sport. And in, in Manchester United, it's been an ongoing case for a very, very long time. And the expectations linked to the club from those inside the club, what they think of themselves probably isn't an accurate um, description of what's actually going on. I mean, take for example, there's, there's like Mike Phelan, like match day Mike Phelan. You see him there, the Man United are playing at home and he's standing by the wall. He, he reminds me of someone who's squatting in, in the shop and the security guards go around and think they've locked up and he pops out, you know, and uses the showers because he, he, he doesn't want to go home and he knows where the alarms are and he switches them off. Because you never see him at the away games. Well, I didn't see him at the derby anyway. 
but you just think, what, what's the purpose? And then there's the stories along, you know, Marcus Rashford, supposedly now not wanting to, to hang around. And, you know, let's be honest, you know, Randnick came in and he only said high press once. And Martial couldn't wait to run away. I want to play in Spain. So there's an expectation that the club have. There's an expectation that players have of themselves. And, and it's just really strange. And I, I, I'm not surprised. But it is, it's like a Cardassian drama. It's like Towie with a poorly written script. It's really bad. And I am just not surprised. And people think because it's got loads of money and they've spent loads of money that there's an element of class about the club that somehow if you keep kind of polishing it and rubbing it, that it will come through. But it, it just isn't there. It just isn't there. And um, it's quite common to see it unfold in, 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 real, in real time. I mean, elsewhere in the world, people are worrying about where they've got to live and they're leaving their home. But Manchester United, oh, no, no, no. They are doing their level best to put themselves in the news for all of the wrong reasons. Wow. Away from there, Harry Kane scoring big, 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 big goals against Everton. Everton, the team who basically um, absorb players as almost like a football's graveyard or footballer's graveyard of they didn't work there but they'll try and work there kind of thing place yeah and for managers but yeah it, it, he's reached a certain number go you harry um said he matched thierry Henry. i thought wow look at that but like most people who play football and um, teddy showing was one of them you get to a point where you need to leave spurs mate and uh, yeah, you know, signed a five-year contract post Bosman. Not the smartest thing, but anyway, um, goal scoring, great. Having the records for that, great, but no trophies. So, uh, for those that put Harry Kane up next to Thierry Henry, Thierry Henry, you know, fantastic player. So's Harry Kane, but Thierry Henry's got he's got trophies. He has trophies next to next to his name not just the goals. And the goals helped win the trophies. That's that's the difference. That is the difference. It's a funny world of football, isn't it? It's like a snow globe. Shake. Anyway, uh, that's it from me. Short, sharp and sweet. Um, until next time, I'll see you guys later. I just want to watch the game.